Welcome to our bonus podcast. My name is Donatos Rubunas and I am joined by Josh Nebo, New Jalgiris big man. Hey Josh, welcome to the podcast and welcome to Lithuania. What's up, man? How are you doing, man? Two days ago, you had a birthday. So first of all, happy birthday. I know this fact also because uh, I, I have birthday the same day like you, July 17. So tell me how, how your usual birthday looks like. Uh, for for this birthday, I uh, went to go play paintball with my girlfriend and some of my friends. So she actually surprised me. It was just me and my girlfriend who went to go play paintball. And I was signing the like the wa- waiver form, and then all my friends came running out. And I was just surprised that they all came. So you know, you come out and celebrate my birthday for me. So, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, it, was it painful? Yeah, man, paintball. It actually really hurts. It's, it hurts really bad. Yeah, yeah, paintball is not something I can do every day. Uh, what uh, do you remember? Uh, what was your like, let's say, best birthday party? What do you remember the most about your birthdays? Uh, honestly, like growing up, like my family wasn't big on celebrating birthdays, so like I don't really have too many like great memories from birthdays. Like our family isn't really big on like doing a lot of stuff for birthdays. A lot of times it's just like go get lunch or something like that. Okay, do you have sisters or brothers? Yeah, I have three sisters and uh, one brother. You know, I'm the youngest out of all of them. Okay, so you know you were that uh, you know the most beloved one, right, in your family? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Josh is 24 year old, 206 uh, centimeter center. Uh, he played in Hapoel Eilat the last season, his first one in Europe. The top rebounder of Israeli league, uh, the top five blocker, uh, seventh best uh, player in the league by efficiency, first by dunks, and now uh, you are set to make your EuroLeague debut next season. So tell me, Josh, what was the first thing you googled about Konas, Jargris, and Lithuania? Uh, the first thing I googled was probably the weather. Okay. Because, you know, <laughs> me, I'm from Texas, so it's always hot in Texas. And I was in Israel. It was very hot, so I was like, okay, let me see what the weather is like. That was the first thing I Googled. And what kind of feedback you've got? I mean, I, I saw that it was very cold, very, very cold. So, you know, I'm going to have to get ready for that one. But, but actually, it's getting warmer because this summer, it's something like in, in Italy or even in Israel. It was a few weeks, uh, 30, de- 30 plus degrees, so it's changing a bit. So I hope it's not going to be that cold for you. Yeah, hopefully. Besides weather, uh, what else do you know about Zagreb already after you made the research? Uh, like some stuff I know about Zagreb. Uh, I heard so many great things about the team as a whole. Like, like I heard it's like very well run. Like the things are very organized there. It's very professional. And I heard a lot of great things about um, Coach Schiller. I heard he's a very good coach. He's a very young coach. Um, he coached in the G League with the Jazz. I know he won Coach of the Year there, so I heard a lot of good things about him. Then obviously the fan base, I heard the fan base is crazy. The games are always sold out, it's always loud. So yeah, I heard a lot of good things about the organization. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good uh, research. And who was your source, you know, uh, who you asked about Jargis? Uh, for, I mean, for the, for the most part, I uh, talked with my agent. I searched some stuff on Google. I uh, talked to some friends that play overseas and just kind of just getting feedback from everybody talk to my coach that that was on coaching me in, in israel my first year so yeah, those are my sources uh, 
was it a hard decision, you know, to go to Jargiris uh, or not? Uh, it wasn't a hard decision because, like, um, obviously I'm a young guy and, like, I heard great things about how they develop young players and, you know, like, it's a good place for um, younger guys to go to develop. So it wasn't, it wasn't um, a hard – like, obviously it was a difficult decision, but at the end of the day I don't think it was that hard because I heard so many good things about the team and organization and I knew that I'd be able to go there and develop as a player. So – yeah. So, so the development, the part of development, was uh, let's say the most attractive thing for you, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and I heard that when Jargris uh, had a Zoom interview with you, all the coaching staff joined the conversation. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I like, like before I signed and like after I signed, like I, I still remember that that Zoom interview, the Zoom interview I did with the team. Like the like whenever I talk with the different coaches, just be on the phone, you know, they give the pitch or whatever. But with Zalgaris, like Coach Martin got on there, his other coaches were there. And it was very like a detailed. Like he pulled up my own film and showed me things that I, I can I can be better at, show me ways I can fit into the system. And I was just very impressed with the way he actually took the time to pull up my own film and talk to me about my game, break down my game, show me how I can fit into the system, show me like players that play in a system that play kind of similar to me, which I can kind of fit in that same role. So I was very impressed with that. What were you excited the most, you know, when you heard everything, what Martin said, what he showed on, on the film, what were you excited the most, what you're waiting for in Jargis? Uh I feel like the thing I was excited the most was, was uh, to, to be able to play go to play at that level and be able to just um, play in that system. I seen uh, Jeffrey last year. He um, played in that system and did, and did really well. I think we kind of have certain things we do kind of similar. So I seen the way he was able to excel in Coach Martin's system. I was like, you know, if I go there and I, I'm able to be put in that same system, I feel like I'll be able to do well as well. So like seeing that was exciting. And then the fan base being able to play in front of that type of fan base and I haven't had that experience since college. So I'm like, you know, that's exciting as well. And that's, you know, let's say the process of the interview, how Martin prepared for the interview, was it somehow different comparing to all the other div uh, interviews you had? Yeah, it was Yeah, very different. I think the biggest difference was how detailed he was. He um, pulled up my film, like he's the only coach that did that, that pulled up my film and like broke it down with me. So like I feel like out of all like out of all the people I interviewed with, his was the most detailed, you know, like very organized. So that really impressed me as well. And uh, what Martin, what Coach Schiller expects uh, from you on the court? You mentioned Joffrey Laverne. Uh, do you think that he he wants you know to you to bring something like Joffrey? Uh, I believe so. Uh, Co Coach Martin, and I Coach Martin and I haven't had like. A whole bunch of conversations about like role as of right now, but I'm pretty sure you expect me to come in and play hard, rebound, run the floor, um, roll hard to the rim. So I'm pretty sure he's going to expect me to do all those things at a high level. But in terms of role, we haven't talked too much about that yet. And you're going to make the Euroleague de uh, debut. Uh, what you've heard about the Euroleague before? Did you watch? Uh, did you watch any games? Uh, you know, uh, were you interested in Euroleague basketball when you came to Europe? Oh, like when I came to Europe, like I, I knew about the Euroleague a little bit, but I didn't know much about it. But as I was playing in Israel my first year, I started to follow European basketball more than the NBA because I was because the time difference. I couldn't even 
watch NBA games. And I just like naturally started following the European game more. So I was able to follow, follow the Euro League a lot. And I was able to see how like a high level it was. The competition was great. I heard this is the second best league in the world. And so I heard so many great things about it. And just watching it, it was really, it was really good as well. Yeah, and you had one Euroleague team in Israeli Championship. It was Maccabi Tel Aviv. What kind of differences you felt on the court when you faced Euroleague players? Yeah, I feel like the, the difference I felt was obviously like the, the players were very talented, but I just felt like the, the depth was the biggest thing I noticed is like, like we would have like four or five guys and then once we get tired and come out the game, or like we'll be tired like after playing for a while, then they'll bring in a whole new five. And they'll be fresh and it's like, oh my goodness, we're trying to catch our wind and they're bringing a whole new five in ready to go. So I feel like I think that one of the biggest things I noticed was like the depth that they had with like very talented players. And as a basketball player, you know, what you are waiting the most about the Euroleague basketball, you obviously know that is going to be, you know, a higher level basketball. What do you expect? What are your, let's say, concerns, uh, your expectations about the Euroleague? Uh, I, don't, I don't have too many concerns about the Euroleague um, in terms of like things I expect. Like, like I said earlier, I expect it to be very high level. I expect every night to be a fight, every night to be a great, great competition, great matchups. And um, I feel like at the end of the day, it's basketball. So you just, you just got to um, go out there and just play the game that you love. And obviously it's going to be a, be a adjustment in terms of like physicality and talent wise, but I'm definitely like looking forward to it as well. And Jargris is not a single EuroLeague team which wanted you. Uh, tell me, is there any true in rumors that during the season uh, Armani Milan was interested uh, in buying you out from Hapoel Elat? Yeah, that was true. Uh, I think that was, I, I can't remember the exact month. I think it was maybe February or I, I know it was February or March when that when that happened, but it, it was true. I was um, about to go, but it was, it was some like stuff that happened with my team in Israel where like, they're trying to like you know figure out the amount for the buyout and then just things that didn't end up working out with the with the buyout so my teammates were decided to make me stay but at the end of the day like I, I was fine with staying with my team in Israel and finishing the season but at the same time I was also fine with taking the opportunity to go with play with Milan and at the end of the day the team in Israel decided that they want me to stay so I, I was fine with that I stayed and finished the season off with them how, how would you describe your uh, European experience with Hapoel Elat and your first season in Europe, which was uh, weird, yeah. Yeah, it was it, it was very different than from coming from college. It was so, so many things were different. Uh, I think, like for, from from what I heard, I heard that uh, playing in Israel is a very easy country, very simple to like transition to in terms of like people speak English. The food is the same. But um, I think it was hard, especially in the beginning with so many COVID restrictions. We'll have games postponed, lockdowns. The country go on lockdown. You can't go anywhere. You go to practice and go straight home. Then you kind of like start to go a little bit crazy in your head. It's like, man, I'm just, I'm just in my room all day. Go to practice and come back. So you, you couldn't really do anything. And then sometimes you have a game you're supposed to play. Then the game will be, will be postponed. Then you have like three weeks of straight practice. And it was, it was very difficult. At times, but um, overall, I got, I feel like it was a good experience being able to get adjusted to European basketball. But it was definitely like a transition in terms of just like style of play, um, with all the stuff going on with COVID and um, 
like I feel like this year um, it was a, a lot of more practices than, than I was used to because like in college we play like twice a week every other day but uh, but here like with my team in Israel my first year we play once once a week and sometimes we'll play once every two weeks or three weeks and there'll be so many big like layoffs in between games or just consecutive practices so like, I feel like that was an adjustment as well yeah and besides COVID which was obviously a game changer all, all year long and you also mentioned the practices what was the most unusual experience you you never thought actually about you know before starting a pro career the most unusual experience um it wasn't too many uh too many things that were unusual that happened in practice to be honest it was kind of you know just basketball like drills five on five but, but like like I said earlier, I feel like the, the the weirdest thing was just like some days we'll have like two games in 25 days. We'll just play a game, then have like 13 days of practice, play a game, then another long layoff. And this is like in the middle of the season. So you're just like, I just want to play games, you know? So I feel, I feel like that was the hardest part in terms of like practicing. Yeah, now in Zagreb is going to be different because they play every three days. So there won't be so much, you know, waiting for the game. Yeah, exactly. And the moment when Milan uh, actually wanted uh, to you, uh, what did you feel about that? I mean, you're a European rook. I don't know if you realized how big club like Armani Milan uh, was and let's say uh, how big uh, appreciations of your talent it is when, you know, final four team of the EuroLeague is actually, you know, monitoring you and thinking about, you know, you helping them uh, to reach their goals. Yeah, I'm, like when um, Milan tried to buy me out at that point, like at that point I had a little bit of knowledge about European basketball. If it would have happened in the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have understood what it was. But whenever it happened, I kind of knew, I kind of been following the EuroLeague. So it was definitely something that meant a lot to me that that they wanted to buy me out and bring me, bring me on their team. It was something that, you know, it was definitely something that meant a lot. So I definitely um, appreciated it and it was a, Cool, cool um, experience to be able to have them once they buy me out. Yeah, and what were your expectations before coming here to Europe? To, to uh, Europe? Yeah. Because, you know, now we're talking about big teams. You came to Europe. Israel is, okay, top 10 league in, in, in here in Europe. Hapoel Lilat uh, didn't play in, you know, big uh, international tournaments. They're not the favorites of Israeli. And now, you know, after half of the season, you're getting interest uh, from such a big team like Milan. Yeah. Honestly, uh, like coming in to, to Europe, I didn't have many like expectations because it was just, it was, it was like such a weird time. I finished, like I, my college, my college season got cut short because of COVID. So like they canceled the season. Then it was like, a, I think like a six month layoff of where COVID was going on. And it was hard to really work out or find gyms. So, like, I didn't really know, like, am I going to play in summer league? Am I going to try and, you know, fight for a spot in the NBA? Or, like, I didn't know what was going on. So, it was such a long layoff. And then um, I think it was, like, end of July where uh, I ended up signing signing with the lot. And then, like, obviously, like, I didn't really know much about European basketball. I didn't know, like, well, if the league was good or um, the competition was going to be like. So, I, I kind of went there with um, a, like, open mind like okay let me try this experience out and just you know play basketball enjoy it like see where it goes and then things ended up working out we had a pretty good team that year and um, had a pretty good season so it was it worked out in the end yeah and that you know european 
debut was not only uh, all about basketball, you know. Uh, tell me uh, the moment when the Rockets were, you know, falling towards uh, Tel Aviv, towards Israel, where you were, where you uh, at, you know, what did you do when the first attacks between Israeli and Palestine started? Yeah, um, that was definitely a very crazy time. Um, like when it started, uh, like when it first started, I wasn't too concerned or, or like I wasn't sure like if it was going to like um, become a big thing. But like as the days went on, the weeks went on, like it started to escalate. You start to see it on the news. You start to see it all over social media. Then like your your family starts to see it. Then it just starts to be, become something that starts to concern you more. And in terms of where I was, like I, I wasn't too close to where like the Rockets were. All this stuff was going on, but, like still being in the, being in the country while like there's a war going on. I didn't know if it's going to escalate worse or is the country going to get locked down? We can't go home. There's just so many factors that you're thinking about, and like basketball is like kind of the last thing in your mind when you're seeing all the stuff on the news and then your family's calling. So it was it was definitely a very uh, hard experience at that time. Yeah, and how, how it looks, you know, from American players' uh, standpoint. I mean, you, you had uh, a number of other American players on your team where you guys they were discussing what to do, how we should react, is it normal, and what's next for you? Yeah, exactly. Like, like on my team, like, the players were very concerned, like, considering the American guys were concerned and, you know, trying to figure out, like, whether to stay or leave. But in terms of like everybody else, the, the guys that were from the country, like they were calm. And they, I guess, they were more, more so used to it. But for us, we were more so like, this is nothing we, it's nothing we ever seen before. So it's not normal for us. It's something that makes us anxious and makes makes us uncomfortable. So it was definitely hard. Uh, that topic, you know, created a discussion in Israeli league. Uh, many import players didn't want to continue the season. You also decided uh, to leave the team. What's on your uh, What's your opinion on situations uh, uh, like this? Is it a good reminder that you know there are some bigger things than basketball? That is it the mindset uh, you had on you know taking this decision? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like uh, when it comes to that, like obviously, like you know the the goal is always to you know finish with with your team and to you know stay with your team and you know be committed. Like I feel like I'm a person that's you know a committed guy. When I commit to something, I'm going to finish it through, but. When stuff like that starts to happen, like it's not even about basketball or about anything else. Like you got to do what's best for you. Like you got to, whether you feel comfortable, your family at home feels comfortable. You got to be able to make a decision that, like as to what feels best for you. If you're not in the mindset to play basketball because everything's going on, then it's, you know you should leave. But like like going through that, like you said, it's like it's bigger than basketball. You got to be able to look out for your for your own for your own interests. Because God forbid, if something happens to you while you're out there, you know. Then it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be very difficult for your family to, you know, to to take that in, knowing that you know that's my child or or that's my son or whatever. So it's, it's a very difficult situation. Yeah, and talking about the things outside the basketball, I wanted to ask you some uh, few things I wanted to discuss uh, with you, uh, which takes let's say your personality, and tell me uh, the day when you decided to give a shot. Uh, for basketball, let's say career, or like just you know by attending basketball practices, because as I understood, you played your first basketball game uh, in your junior high. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me, you know, about that day, about these days when you decided, you know, to to go towards let's say basketball path. Yeah, um, like with me, like growing up, like basketball really wasn't my thing. Like 
my, my first love was skateboarding. I was really into skateboarding. Like that's something that I really passionately did. And I, I was actually pretty good. Obviously I wasn't this big and this tall. I was, I was like five, eight at the time when I was skateboarding in middle school. Then like I played basketball and football in middle school, but wasn't very seriously. I was more so into skateboarding. I just did those on the side. Then my my sister um, actually played played basketball and she was really good. And so like I, I honestly started playing basketball because of her. Like I re- I really looked up to her. And, you know, she was she was good. She got a lot of the attention in the family. So I was like, you know what? Let, let me try and follow her to uh, work out sometimes. Let me try and follow her to the gym. Kind of try to take this basketball thing more seriously. So like when I got to high school, I started to take it more seriously and. Obviously, then I, like I was very, uh, I wasn't tall or big. I was still like five, ten my freshman year. So I played on like the B team, like it's the freshman A, freshman B. I played on the B team my freshman year. Played on the sophomore team my sophomore year. Then went up to the to the top team varsity my junior year. Didn't play much. Then my, my senior year, I was on varsity again. I, I grew a little bit and I had a good year and I had like one offer to go play Division One. I. I went to a small school in St. Francis in St. Francis, Pennsylvania. And then when I got there, I grew like two inches and then I started started to put on more muscle. And then after my second year there, I had an opportunity to to transfer and come back home to uh, Texas A&M. So that's kind of like a brief story of how my basketball career has went or how it started. So your sister was kind of, you know, your first uh, basketball coach, basketball teacher. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. She, she actually was. And is she still bowling? No, she's not anymore. She's not. And what 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 she thinks, you know, about your career? And does she remind you, you know, often that you know you have to be thankful for her, you know, uh, directing you in a basketball way? Yeah, she she tells me all the time, like Josh, don't forget, I, I taught you everything you know. She always like, don't forget that I'm the reason you started playing basketball. So she always. Uh, tells me that and like yeah and right now she's she's one of my biggest supporters here she always watches the games always checks on me to see how my basketball career is going or see how how things like basketball related are going and so she's definitely one of the people in my corner and you mentioned skateboarding and i have to be sincere uh, when i do a research of players you know as you mentioned you played football before and it's Okay, it's not so usual case, but it's kind of a casual uh, way of, you know, some American basketball players trying football before. But I will I need to be fair that I never heard that somebody, you know, had some, you know, some uh skateboarding past. So tell me more, you know, what do you mean you were a good skateboarder? Uh what what your life looked like when you were, you know, doing skateboarding stuff? Yeah, like um Whenever I skateboarded, like that was really my life. Like I did that all day. Like I'll be gone all day. When I come home, I'm on the computer on YouTube watching skateboarding videos. I go out and skate with all my friends all day. Like I, like I was really like, like I really thought I was gonna pursue a, a skateboarding career. Obviously, my parents are hoping that I didn't, but like I was like really stuck on skateboarding until I started to like grow out of it as I went to high school. But it was something that I really, really was into growing up. What does it mean, you know, for us Europeans, it's strange. What does it mean to seek a skateboarder career? Is it like you were trying to be a Tony Hawk or something? Yeah, man. Like, I was, I don't know. I feel like I was trying to go pro with it. Like, like I honestly was. I was trying to, like, I was, I was skating everywhere. I was skating around the streets, going to skate parks. I was just, you know, following my friends. I was just hoping one day I'll be able to, like, make it big in the skateboarding. And you also mentioned about that, you know, growth spurt. And you 
you had a growth spurt from five seven in middle school to six nine in high school and that's you know that's a pretty significant uh, difference so tell me how you felt that that actual difference of your growing spurt how unusual it was for you and how life was uh, suddenly changing for you yeah it was unusual um i think i think every year like when i started in high school i think i grew like two or three inches every year in high school so every year i grow a little bit grow a little bit grow a little bit obviously like the, the more I, the more i grew like the, the more i started to see like okay I, i can actually have an opportunity to play in college with with my height now so i mean it was it was definitely um something that i'm grateful for because i know if i stayed at the same height i was my freshman year i probably wouldn't have been able to have a basketball career because i wasn't that good honestly but um yeah like like i said every year like i grew two to three inches and just, and just kept going and i just kept continuing to pursue basketball and kept getting better and better and then at the end it's like like at the end everything worked out for me and i watched a few of your games uh last season i mean full games and uh, uh i have to tell you that i don't remember any jargris player as athletic as you uh tell me is there an explanation where does it come from i mean is there any particular reason uh, or you think that there might some be you know some things you did in your uh, you know childhood uh, in your you know junior time you know which led you to be so athletic honestly i i don't know i think it's maybe genetics or you know maybe because i'm from nigeria like some people always joke and say like people from nigeria are like always athletic So I think I think maybe that's it but I honestly haven't did anything special to like become athletic I think it was something that was just like genetic um so I think I think it's something that just came naturally to me it wasn't anything I really did on my own I actually didn't know that you were from Nigeria I mean your parents were from Nigeria Yeah yeah both of them Okay and how do you feel about you know uh, watching Nigeria national team uh, beating team USA I was definitely very happy to see that. Very, very, very happy to see that. I mean, is there any chance you would play for Team Nigeria? Is it something you are looking for? Did you ever talk with their federation, or did you ever consider that kind of opportunity? Uh, yeah, right now, one thing I have to work on is getting my uh, passport. Like, I don't have my Nigerian passport right now, so I can't do anything associated with Nigerian basketball. But, but that's something that I'm, I'm working on getting in the future is the, the Nigerian passport so I can possibly down the line play with the play with the team. Okay. And did you watch uh, that game against Team USA actually? Yeah, I did. I did. What did you like the most about uh, D-Tigers game? It was just, I don't know. I, I just felt like, I felt like the team played with like a like a confidence that like they they belonged. So I felt like just watching them play like they had a really good spirit like a really good confidence to them by watching the game. And do you have any friends from that team or at least, you know, some potential Nigeria national team players? I don't have I don't have too many friends, but I know it's one guy that played in Israel, um, he played for Beersheba, I think Caleb Agata uh, played for Beersheba in Israel, so I I played against him a couple of times and I think he's on the team right now. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's interesting. And the last question I have, uh let's say I've got some feedback that you're first one on the floor for a loose ball, you're a tough kid, one of the hardest working players, high motor guy, great teammates. Uh 
that's where the feedback I've got about you from the NCAA times. Uh, tell me what life situations, what people help you to become personality, person, human being like this? Uh, I mean, I feel like the people that help me is my, is my family. I feel like I had a, had a really good family that they raised me to be grounded and to work hard. And I also think part of it is like kind of my journey. Like I, I was kind of a late bloomer. I, like growing up, I, I didn't have a lot of the attention that I hope players got growing up through high school. I was unrecruited. I went offer. So like, I, I feel like I had like a, I had more of like a difficult journey or, or more so of like a, I don't know. Like I just didn't have like a lot of the fame or the attention growing up. I, I've always been the kid that's like overlooked or the kid that's, you know, not, you know, spoken about or, or like coaches they didn't really consider. So I feel like growing up, I just naturally had like a, a hunger or a chip on my shoulder to try and like prove that like, you know, I'm able to play at that level as well. And what do you expect from this, you know, new chat, chapter with Jargiris? What do you want to be? Where do you want to be, let's say, the next year on July 19, just 2022? Uh, for, for me, for me, going into the season, I, I think the, the biggest um, hopes or expectations is to win as many games as possible. I feel like whenever you're, whenever you're winning as a team, I, I feel like everything else individually falls into place. But whenever you're losing as a team, it's, it's never fun. Like being in the losing atmosphere, so I feel like my biggest focus is just to go in and win, win games, and be able to um, have fun doing it. And in terms of next year, I don't, I don't know what will happen next year. I'm just so I'm focused on this year and see where see where it goes from there. Thanks a lot, Josh. It was a great conversation, and best of luck for you. You know, to reach uh, all your goals, starting you know from game to game. Thank you, man. Thank you. Man. Thanks for having me. That was Josh Nebo, a new Jargis player. Uh, Uh, Euroleague uh, Rook and uh, you can follow this podcast, you can follow Josh Nebo's story on basketnews.com and also on Basket News YouTube channel. Thanks again Josh and see you soon guys.